Welcome to Yamoja Speaks Podcast with your host, Shalonda. This is a conversation about trauma and how it impacts our personal development journeys, taking accountability, and uncovering how foster care and the relationships that we had or didn't have shape who we are and who we will become. This podcast addressed foster care and the system and how foster youth are underprepared for the transition into adulthood. We provide resources and a community to to discuss the issues with the child welfare system and helping youth make that smooth transition into adulthood to better their life choices and ultimately better their lives. If this podcast interests you, we ask you to join the community at Yamoja Speaks on Instagram as well as Facebook. We are branching out to other social media platforms. And if this resonates with you, we ask to share with any of your networks. So I want to introduce my podcast a little differently. And I believe from this point on, I'm going to try to maintain consistency with doing it this way and I am always going to try to say Mambo Rafiki because it means hello friend and if I have a guest and we're doing an interview I'm going to break that introduction with a little bit of Swahili because I am an active learner I'm actively learning the language and then I know that as much as I use it consistently every single day and interact with it and also try to teach other people, the more consistent I become at learning as well as being more interactive with the language. So I hope that you enjoy this podcast. And in this week's episode, we're discussing controlling parents. I know that in previous episodes, we discussed relationships and we really talked about relationships in depth. Um, A lot of our episodes discuss relationships because I know that it's either two ways that I have looked personally, looked at relationships is either I do not want to create a relationship with a person because I don't feel eager or it being beneficial to me or getting too connected with a person and still having personal reservations about doubt or insecurity within the relationship and ultimately wanting to sabotage that relationship very early. I know there is another other ways to look at certain relationships that we have but coming from foster care and the dynamic that we have with our parents and the dynamic that we have with our foster parents or their family members or multiple foster families or group homes we tend to look at relationships vastly different than how someone else may interpret an interaction with someone or developing this relationship long term. So I want to really just go through, I I looked at an article 
And I would like to just kind of read through this article because I find I found it very interesting and I was looking at the dynamic relationship between myself and my dad. I know that I probably mentioned it previously in different podcast episodes that my mom unfortunately passed away when I was in middle school and so our relationship is sitting in a time capsule. I know her to be who she is from a child's perspective as well as in my early teenage years but I did not have the relationship development where when I came into my identity as a young adult, I didn't have those relationship dynamic duos between us in order for me to shape who she and I would have been today. And so I look at my relationship with my dad primarily and want to understand our dynamic. And when I was putting it into perspective with my therapist, I was really, you know, peeling off the layers and I addressed that he has a controlling nature and this control over me, it really impacts my life. And then I also went into understanding when he's present versus when he is absent out of my life and the difference that it has within how I identify, how I choose to live life, my perspective about life, and ultimately what I do daily um, to achieve like goals or to achieve a higher level of thinking or to go after what I really want to go after and just being who I need to be. And I really took the time to to look into myself in both dynamics. When I was closely connected to him and now that I am slowly separating myself from him and when I did not have him present whatsoever. So let us get into the signs and why controlling parents are harmful and then I'll explain how my relationship with my dad is controlling and what he he does to control my life and then what I ultimately do as a resolution to the problem and what you could possibly do to resolve your parental control over you because this can also be a foster parent ultimately trying to control you as well. So within this article, it basically talks about autonomy and how it's very important for us to develop our own autonomy and understanding how to do things throughout our personal lives and making our personal decisions for our lives. And I do remember being in foster care and I was able to make decisions about my life and my journey and my foster care experience. And being a part of that process helped me to make larger decisions for my life as well, leaving foster care. But the autonomy over your own life and your own health and well-being is important. However, they have looked at different studies that explains how college students um, vastly were feeling that they have lost control over their own lives due to their controlling parents, wanting them to either go to school for a certain thing or to adjust their behavioral um, actions 
to match their or can to conform to match their cultural um identity and what their community viewed as acceptable or non-acceptable so there are two types of controlling parents or con- parental control and they have stated that it's either behavioral control or psychological control so we will talk and address the behavioral control which refers to supervising or managing the child's behavior, the preteen or, or young adult, controlling and managing, supervising their behavior. And then these particular parents discipline their child's behavior and monitor their whereabouts. They oversee their social lives. They tend to want to regulate their child's behavior to conform again to that perceived social norm, that cultural norm that they have. Um, And so they're regulating and controlling their child's behaviors, what they do. Are you on social media? How do you utilize social media? Who are you friends with on social media? What do you do when you go over to your friend's house? Wanting to know like the GPS, for example, the whereabouts of their child everywhere they go and to monitor that you know your child said that they were going to the library but the gps on the phone that you got them says that they were over their friend's house and the parent in this situation would have a huge blow up about this minute thing because i mean i can go on both ends that it might not be minute with all the things that's going on but um wanting to have every bit of control of their child's behaviors and what they're doing. It also addressed that autonomy and self-regulation is important in the development process of the child and allowing the child to have and grow into their own identity separate from their parents by basically giving them their own autonomy and own ways to make decisions for themselves. But within this uh, behavioral control piece, it's, I don't want you to embarrass me. I don't want you to go against the grain. I want to have control over how my child acts. Okay. And so it really hinders the child in making decisions for themselves in a behavioral context way and gives that to the parent the second way of control of parental control is psychological control and it refers to intruding into a child's emotional and psychological development ultimately they are non-responsive when a child has some form of an emotional um, be, it's more so when they have an emotional or psychological need that needs to be dealt with, that needs to be addressed. The parents in this case will constrict or invalidate and even go to the extent of manipulating their child or young adult um, psychological experience. And it really strife 
the independent expression of the emotions of that child growing into understanding their emotions and their thoughts and their feelings. And then it can also, with manipulation, it can also lead into making this child feel guilty. Between the child and a parent relationship, it's the, the parent making this child feel guilty about something. They have love withdrawal, so they pull back their affection. They are really critical of their child and they show disapprovement. Um, they show that they're disappointed in different aspects or they go and result to shaming. And within the psychological uh, controlling parents, there is a need to be intrusive and overprotective. And it comes off as being possessive and directive and controlling through guilt and manipulation. So the ways that usually parents are controlling is is in many different factors, but there can be two different ways, internally controlling and externally controlling. The internal controlling method is the psychological and it can be overt or subvert, uh, subvert, something like that. I feel like I'm saying that so wrong. Um, but, you know, it can play into um, the parents forcing and regulating um their child and having that guilt or that shame or these emotional responses that of course lies internally within the child, how they feel and utilizing their emotions as a way to manipulate them, which is the internal control. So when a parent is allowing the internal emotional feelings that children and younger dogs have, then if I'm pulling on your emotional strings, now I'm going to be controlling you in you know internally because I'm pulling at something that's internal within you. External controlling is done with like punishment, hitting, shouting. It's more overt. It's more um, outside of yourself. So you're not emotionally connected to this. They're not pulling on your emotions. This is going towards physical abuse and uh, verbal abuse, talking down, belittling you. And really, um, this is where they can give affection and love like hugs and kisses. But then um, immediately switch up. And it's so drastic of a change when you disappoint them or they do not approve of your behavior and they take it away. They take away that affection. They push you away. They don't, even though the child or the young adult is, you know, wanting the affection, wanting a hug, wanting to be cared for, uh, wanting to be a knowledge of their emotional state, the parent do not acknowledge that in this point. And it can go to the extreme of abuse, um, harsh punishment, harsh beating, very strict and controlling methods in this particular style of control. 
So some ways that we see parents be controlling are understanding what type of control, behavioral or psychological, the ways of control, internal, feeling the emotional or physical abuse, and the level. Are you being slightly controlled or is it really high and we'll talk about that later in this podcast and then also the temperament of the child or the young adult obvious signs of control is blind obedience and conformity they do not allow their children to participate in decision making so it's usually the I say goes and you don't have an opinion or you can't say how you feel or whatever you say is invalid because my opinion trumps yours. And it's not like, it's not allowing the child or the young adult to make decisions of their own. It is not encouraging the child to be more independent and allowing them to make their own choices and figure out You could tell them something and say how bad of an outcome it's going to be, but ultimately you allow them to make that decision. No, not in this case, not with controlling parents. It's um, constantly, you know, shaming. If you do this, you're going to be a disgrace to the family. If you do this, I'm going to disown you. Those type of things. Um, Helping a child or the young adult or whoever without them even being asked to do so. And when it's time to discipline, this is so heavily talked about like in our community. And it's because I said so. Because what I say goes. I said it so it's factual. And not really giving them real answers Um, as to like explaining why is it like this and if sometimes a child asks why is it like this or why do we why is this the norm it's seen as being disobedient it's seen as being now I forget the word but um let's just go with disobedient but (laughs) it's it's not seen as being part of the plan of it's like oh you talking back to me well no I'm not directly speaking back to you I'm I'm having a conversation with you we're having a dialogue but with the thought process of a of a controlling parent this is where it means you're talking back you're defying my authority um and you're going against what I said the belief that a child should be seen and not heard and then manipulating a child through like I said guilt or love withdrawal discipline through punishment and coercion and usually the punishment is much stricter than what the actual behavior was or giving gifts as an exchange if you if you want this money for your rent you have to do these requirements in order for that to happen that's how they explain 
control. So the psychological effects of having a controlling parent usually result in low self-esteem, behavioral issues, um, feeling the overwhelming idea that you're incompetent about everything that you do. They have a less way of self-regulation, a high um, acting out rate, and then lower rates in academic achievement. Most or some could also experience anxiety, depression, antisocial behaviors. The list can pretty much go on about having a controlling parent and just being defiant against your parent who wants to control your life. All right, so I hope that was that was a lot of information, right? So let's get into my story and how I deal with my relationship with my father and what I feel he does. Because I named off a lot of things that some people, maybe you have experienced, you know someone who currently is experiencing these things, or you just may take on some of these traits because as I was reading this I started to notice I can pick apart my relationship with my dad and most recently I told him that he has an issue with control and what he does is he uses psychological control manipulation of emotions so he likes to say um i'm about to die soon you know we need to build up our relationship and fix our relationship before i die i seen your mom in my dream last night which only tells me that i'm about to die you you are gonna miss me when i'm gone uh what else were there when i was growing up i really didn't notice this but i do not like gifts being given to me. Uh, this is not my love language whatsoever. I know that it can be genuine. However, when I was growing up, I believe, and I only see it now that I interact with my dad more recently, but he would get me things, buy me a ton of stuff. So technically it was as if I was the only child, when I went to go live with him in the summer times at his house, it would feel like I was the only child because I had everything that I wanted, a, a closet full of clothes, an attic that I would play in with tons of toys, a dog for myself, and then a computer that was just there that I could get on and play with, a backyard to just enjoy and run around, it was really so much set up like, and I mind you, I do have a sister by him. I have a younger sister by my dad, but she did not come over and I didn't know anything about her. So technically I experienced uh, my interactions as a, as a child with him by myself. Like I was a, the only child. He also had a fiance at the time. And so they would treat me like I was the only child. So I basically got everything that I wanted, even I don't know. So I got everything I wanted with him. Now, 
when I fast forward the time because I am grown, all of these things do not fit. All of the shoes that he bought me, the Jordans, the leather jacket, all of this material thing, things that depreciated in value and no longer are meaningful and um, I don't have regulation of majority of the things that he got for me half of the things I probably did not play with but as I'm interacting with him now and he's using different manipulative tactics he always brings up that he was financially there for me and the problem that I have with this is that financial control over your kids is real and the fact that they bring up that they have provided financial support to a child all of their life and anything that they wanted, they could ask for. These are the things that I hear constantly. And I think the way I interpret this is it's a manipulation tactic of, well, remember when I got you this? Remember when I got you that? You got to do this for me now because remember when I was there for you when I did this? It's a tit for tat. And this is why I don't really do things out of, well, you owe me. I don't do it like that. If I'm going to do something, it's going to be genuine. I'm going to do it because I want to give it to you. I'm not doing it because I expect you to get something back to me. If you do that's wonderful. You thought about me. If you don't, well, I'm not expecting it. And the gift giving process is supposed to be genuine. When you're giving to someone, you're giving because you want and truly want them to know that when you were out, you were thinking about them. That's what gift giving is. But with other people that want to maintain this control over you, they're giving you something so that they can remind you that they gave you something. And when it's their time to be given something, they're putting their hands out and saying, hey, remember when I was there for you? I helped you out. It's, it's repay back. It's payment time. I'm coming to you because I gave you something. And for my dad and maybe different relationships, this is a form of control and manipulation of your emotions. You are going to feel guilty in some form of fashion when someone come up and say, remember when I did this, that and the fourth for you? That wasn't cheap. Then they go down the list of things. And as you're listening to what they went out of their way to do for you, now you feel guilty. But for me, I have turned that guilty feeling off. I no longer take ownership of guilt. Because I don't take ownership of what you did speaking to my dad. As a father, having responsibilities as a father, I no longer have the, oh, I, I must repay you for all that you have done for me financially. No, because your role as a father is to financially provide, to be there emotionally, to be there to secure your child in any fashion that you need to secure your child with. And with girls, raising young girls, you have to be there emotionally. They have to be able to see you there and have conversations with you as their father. Because you are the 
first man that they will ever see and have a relationship with and a dynamic with emotionally first. Financially, of course, but the dynamic that you share will then be the foundation if they go out and start reaching other uh, romantic relationships, platonic relationships with boys and understand what their roles are, how to play the game, how to interact, what to do, what not to do, what's acceptable, and it goes down the list. But what controlling parents and what my father has done and always will do is play up with this guilt that I carry. I carried the guilt of a person that chose to be wherever, with whoever, and doing whatever. And then ultimately, as a child, I carried the guilt. And I'm not sure why I carry the guilt of him doing what he pleased as a grown man and why I carried that burden. But for all the youth that grew up in foster care and you always were thinking about, well, what is my parent? What are, what are my parents doing? What is my dad doing? What is my mom doing? What's going on? If you ever had these thoughts, sometimes what we do is we paint pictures and illusions. And for me, I painted, and I just talked to my therapist about this, I was painting an unrealistic reality that my dad lived. And what happened is I made excuses. And throughout these excuses that I made, I seen him from a perspective of, oh, I should feel sympathy for him. Not at all. Because when you are old enough to make grown decisions and mature decisions, but you choose not to, you choose not to get help, you choose not to better yourself, you choose not to talk to someone, you choose not to address the issue, then the child should never feel the guilt. It should be the guilt of the parent for not choosing better for not understanding what they have to do and for not making and taking that effort to slowly do what they know they must do to fix that dynamic relationship. So I know that's a lot, <laughs> but um, when you're really looking at how you interact with people, think about why you're interacting with them. I also read within this article in a study that when controlling parents manipulate their kids, the kids, especially when you're still dealing with and conversing and interacting with these parents, after the fact, you you age out of foster care and you're going back to your parents, which a lot of us do. We go back and we kind of figure out we want to know where we came from, we want to know the family dynamic, we want to know who we are. And so we go back to these family uh, relationships and we're still interacting with our parents and sometimes the parents are controlling. And so they lack the control within themselves and their own lives and decisions for their lives to be successful, but they want to control yours and ensure that, that you're successful, that you are somehow different. But they don't have 
the understanding of how to make that happen in their own lives. Don't take advice from someone that's not making it, you know, happen in their own lives, right? But they're controlling to the point where they want you to be successful. So they're going to try to make decisions, but their decisions did not produce success. And that's hard for them to understand. And I'm just like, mm, oof, woo, your decision making did not produce success. So why would I listen to your decision making for my life? Not going to happen. But when you have a controlling parent, their manipulative ways, and if you deal with them after you know you leave foster care and you're still dealing with them currently, their tactics and their way of thinking about life slowly creeps into yours so I found myself early on you know going back into my previous relationships with friends with family members and really just trying to look at our interactions and what I did what I didn't do what I said what I didn't say how I said it and in some form of fashion it always came back to me wanting to assert a level of control. I have and felt like I had control within my life. I felt like I had opportunities that I went for. And so I felt, even though that was an illusion, I still felt like I had control of some sort to some degree within my life. And I was making success be something that was attainable for me. And therefore, when I looked at other people and I seen the potential that they had, because I see potential, I can look at a person and say, wow, they might not be doing that good, but they have potential. Wow, look at this person. They're really good. And I pick the really great qualities of people. And then I I give it back to them. So I can I can display it. I can tell it. But I give it back to them so that they can realize that this is a talent this is a skill. This needs to be cultivated. I can tell them whatever they're good at. I can see it. And because I'm looking at it from you have the potential to do something, I literally come from the perspective and the space of you must do it. You you have to do it. You have to go every single day and you have to do this, this, this. Now I'm being the controlling person in the relationship because my dad and how he interacted with me is now seeping into other areas of my life. So people who have controlling parents or family members or friends, we must look at how it affects us and how we're taking on certain things that they have done to us. And said to us and how we're using that as Elmo. And using that as ammunition (laughs) to strike someone else with. And we have to be mindful of how to get out of that, that process. How to get out of that thinking. Stop trying to utilize what someone else did in a controlling manner to control our behavior to now use that against someone else and really figure out within ourselves, why are we doing this? Because it can play out with our kids. We can be controlling 
of our kids. Our kids are not listening. So we have different manipulative tactics that our parents use. The you don't speak unless spoken to. You don't, your opinions aren't, aren't valid. You do as I say and not as I do. It's certain things that's ingrained within our culture that invalidates the emotional um the emotional side that kids have and how they choose to or even if they are able to display it and i'm talking about respectfully teach them the words in how to speak how to express themselves i personally um tell my child you know sometimes sometimes mommy get frustrated and when mommy get frustrated i can raise my voice and i know that raising my voice when i'm frustrated is not okay when i'm frustrated i can also just be silent and not answer because i don't want to explode i don't want to say the wrong thing and i don't want i don't want to impact your emotional state and so i'm slowly trying to find my words because this was never done with me i know my mom you know she she did the best that she could with sitting me down and talking to me and truly having me understand and i had a respect for her for doing these things and so she didn't give me the real language of how to go about talking out and addressing my feelings but she set the the tone and the foundation for it now i'm giving my kids the language how to express yourself and then we go through the range of emotions we don't just stick in in anger everything is not anger everything is not sadness and pain there's frustration there's sadness there's anger there's guilt there's <laughs> there's a range of just emotions that we can feel and so i'm giving myself these tools to understand what that look like what it is how to explain it and then i'm passing that information on to my daughters so that they too can express to me when i go off on my tangents or i go off on my emotional um journeys of like whatever that may look like on particular days <laughs> i'm able to give them the tools to address me in whatever state that i go through and how they feel because i have to validate their feelings in a case right so however it makes them feel when i go off and and have these emotions be sparked up out of whatever issue that I'm having or a previous issue that I may have thought about that's now sparking up new a new way of feeling but old emotions and so I, I'm giving myself this information but I'm also passing it down so that my kids understand why I do what I do and explaining why I do what I do and eventually I'm opening myself up to having that conversation and not being 50 years old and still not taking accountability for how I made them feel because that's what we do we don't allow people to share their truth of how we made them feel we may not did it and have done it intentionally 
but we make people feel certain ways and their feelings, their emotional state after our interaction is what matters the most. And they have valid reasons of speaking up about that feeling to address whatever concern that they have. So that's something that I do. I watch my ways of controlling behavior and manipulative ways because we all have them to some sort of degree and we all want our ways ultimately and we always want our children to be better than us and we want our friends to do better. We want our family to do better. And so there's a way of how we interact with people to want them to do better for themselves and for them to actually do it rather than us trying to control how they do it, the process in which they go to getting there. I could tell someone that they're going to be successful. I could tell someone that they're good at something. I could tell them how good their skills are in these areas. What I can't do is force them to do it the way that I want them for for the way that I want it to be done. I can't. And so I ask you, I close out this podcast with asking you, are you controlling to some degree within your own life? What do you have control over in your own life? What do you feel like you have a lack of control over within your own life? Where do you see that you can let go of control? Right? Where, what area of your life can you just be like, uh, I don't really need to control this? It can pretty much go, you know, with the flow. What relationships do you have that you feel are controlling? Oh my goodness, I don't know where that came from. But what relationships do you have that you feel are controlling? Is it parental relationships? Is it foster families? Is it friendships? But what relationship do you feel it has a manipulating undertone to it? And how do you expect to either tell this person or expect to get away from this person in this relationship? I'll leave with this that I limit the amount of time that I give to people. Because if I don't monitor how much time I'm giving to someone, we go through the same four-step beat process, the same arguments, the same talking points, and nothing is resolved because we're, we're only addressing how we felt or what has occurred, but we're not talking about the resolution and how we can move past this and what we do to go forward. And so now I limit the time that I give because if not, I then take on the perspective and ideas of this person. So I no longer give people access to me. And I hope that you too can limit the access that you give to people as well. And I hope to speak to you next time. Follow our social media, leave a comment onto our podcast, and let me know, answer some of these questions and send me 
you know, a comment or a DM and let me know about your controlling relationships with people. Talk to you later.